Hey, CF family, thank you for joining us today. We really hope that this message encourages you and blesses your life. Well, before you hear this powerful teaching, I want to encourage you to share this message with someone who needs to hear the gospel. You never know what this message can do to the life of that person. Also, we want you to know that wherever you're watching us from, you can still impact the lives of others through your giving. It is through your generosity that we can keep pushing the kingdom of God forward in our city and all over the world. Giving is safe and simple. You can go to our app or you can go to our website, cfmiami.org give. Well, God bless you and I hope you enjoy this message. His name was Solomon. And all of those thoughts are in this book called Ecclesiastes. And so I thought, you know, to start off the year would be great to listen and to know what the wisest man who ever lived had to say. Are you all excited for this new series? Yeah? All right, so am I. So wherever you find yourself, open up your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and also Ephesians chapter 5. And you can follow along with me as I read. Let's do what God's Word says. I, the preacher, have been king over Israel in Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by, what's the next word? Wisdom. Yeah, wisdom. By wisdom, all that is done under heaven. And then in Ephesians chapter 5, it says this. So look carefully, child of God. Look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. In other words, be careful as you go through this winding journey of life. Be careful that you don't make unwise choices, but rather the wise choices. Amen? That is God's Word. You can go and take a seat at all campuses. Again, it's great to have you here. And to start off, let me just start off by sharing this with you. You know, last year, Ashley and I had the blessing of being able to visit uh, for our anniversary the island of Maui uh, in Hawaii. And uh, mind you, we had a free uh, plane voucher we had from a canceled flight with all this COVID stuff. We had free point, uh, points for, a, for the hotel. So we said, let's go to Maui. We'll never go again. To go again. So we went out over there. It was a great, great time. But follow me here. Because Maui has many great things to experience. And one of the most famous things to do while you're in Maui is to go on the road to Hana. Yeah, the, you, 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 you rent a Jeep, you put the top down, and you go down this road. And this road really goes all throughout the northern coast of Maui. 
And if you continue, it actually wraps around the entire island. But folks, get this. Because the road to Hannah has to be one of the most beautiful roads in the world. You know, as you're traveling, they are beautiful, flourishing rainforest. Uh, there are these majestic waterfalls. There are plunging pools that you can park your Jeep and, and just dive into that plunging pool. And as you're driving, you're almost mesmerized with these seascapes of, of, that you'll never see anywhere else in the world. But family, on the other hand, not only is it one of the most beautiful roads in the world, it also has to be one of the most dangerous roads in the world. And here's why. It's because on one side, you have these towering mountains, and on the other side, you have this huge cliff, 200, 300 feet, that plunge right into the Pacific. And even though it's only a 52-mile road, not, not very long, Folks, there are 620 curves and 59 bridges, yeah. And so just so that you can get a little taste of what it means, of what it feels like to go through this road, take a look at this video. That music makes you want to dance a little bit, right? I see some shoulder shruggings out there. But listen, folks, even though it's a challenging journey, listen, you can make it successfully if, if you make wise choices. You see, along the journey, there are many different warning signs and, and guiding posts. The folks, if you follow what they tell you to do, you'll make it successfully. So, so church, when it tells you to slow down, slow down. If it tells you do not pass, you don't pass. That's right. And, and, and folks, listen, at every single turn, each driver has a choice to make. Either make the wise choice or the unwise choice. And it's sad to say that many of the accidents, some of them fatal, always take place. You can always trace it back to an unwise choice that someone made along the way. And because of it, they suffered the consequences. And church, let me just bring that whole concept over to our time together. Because what an image of the journey of life. And by that I mean that just like the road to Hannah, it is a challenging one. 
but can be accomplished successfully if you make wise choices just like that. And here's the big idea as we open up God's word today. Listen, the journey of life can be a challenging one. Isn't that right? And it can be filled with twists and turns and things around the bend that sometimes we really can't see what's coming up. But folks, listen, it can be navigated successfully if you make wise choices along the way. And it's sad to say, but many, if if, if not most, of our regrets in life could be traced back to a moment in time where you made an unwise choice choice. And who knows, maybe you're here right now. Maybe you're watching online. And you're thinking, Omar, I'm tracking with you because as I look at my life, I feel like my, my life is almost like the road to Hannah. And, and, and there's, there's been so many whining and twists and turns and issues in my life. And I've seen has certain junctures I've made some unwise choices, and today I am sitting here right now, and I'm still suffering the consequences of those unwise choices. And so, Omar, how can I make decisions in life where I minimize regret and minimize unwise choices? Well, folks, that is the very theme of this book, so much so that the wisest man who ever lived wrote this book under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. You can fire up your Christ Fellowship app so you can follow along there with us as well. And church family, I have three insights for us today on how to make wise choices in life so that we can navigate life successfully. So write this down as point number one. Are you all ready to start? Yeah? All right. So write this down as point number one. Listen, to navigate life, Successfully, you need to chase, chase wisdom. Now let's go to the passage for today. Listen to it again to what it says. It says, I, the preacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek out and to search out by, what's the next word? Wisdom. All that is done under heaven. Now, stop right there for just a moment. Because the preacher here is King Solomon. And as many of you know, right, he is the wisest man who ever lived. Now, this wisdom that he had was not something that he was born with, but rather it was granted to him by God. Now, go back with me to 1 Kings chapter 3, an Old Testament book where it gives a story of young Solomon. And we see that when he stepped into the throne, once David, his father, had passed away, the Lord appeared to him in a vision at night and told him to ask anything that he wanted, especially as he's starting now his kingship. And listen to what Solomon said. He said, now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of David, my father. Although I am but a little child, he was very young at the time. And I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant, it's in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. So give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this 
this your great people. And so once Solomon, right, humbled himself and asked for wisdom, listen to how the Lord answered him next. And God said to him, because you have asked of this and have not asked for yourself for long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has, has been before you and none like you shall arise after you. And so church family, from this point forward, God made Solomon the wisest man who ever lived. But the question remains, what exactly is wisdom? Because I think all of us, we have a general understanding of what wisdom is, right? We, we kind of have a, a general sense, but so many people, so many few people, just few people have real crystal clear clarity as to what wisdom is. So here's a simple way for all of us to understand what wisdom is. Write this down as small letter A. Wisdom first seeks to acquire truth. Amen. See, so, so a person who makes wise choices, listen carefully, first tries to gather as much understanding, as much uh, knowledge, as much truth on a matter as possible. In other words, it's hard for someone to make a wise choice if first they don't have full understanding on an issue. And folks, here's the second step. Write this down as letter B. Wisdom then applies that truth to a decision. Amen. Now, don't miss this, all right? Because anyone can acquire knowledge. Anyone could gain understanding. But that doesn't make someone wise. Because wisdom is that unique ability to not only gather truth, gather understanding, but then apply that truth to a situation. So get this. You could be the smartest person here right now. You can be the most intelligent person, yet be the unwisest person here. Why? Because just because you have understanding, knowledge, doesn't mean that you apply that truth to specific situations. See? And folks, listen, Solomon had the greatest ability to gather information, truth, and apply that. You know, you know the, the, the classic example that we see early on in his life that many of you heard it's a story of these two ladies who come before him with a request. See, both of them had a, a young child, a, a babies at, at home and living in the same home, and one of them rolled over their baby at night and killed that child. So then in the middle of the night, steals the other baby from that other woman and pretends that, it's, that, that, that that baby is hers. So there was a huge commotion. They come before King Solomon. And Solomon gathered all the information, all the, 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 the statements that they had to say. And at the end, he said this. Well, because both of you claim to be the child's mother, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to grab this sword, and I'm going to cut this baby in half so that one of you takes half of the child, and the other takes the other half of the child. And one lady said, absolutely, go ahead. That will be the best thing to do. 
And the, other, and the other woman said, no, 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 don't do that, King Solomon. Give her the child. I'd rather her have the child than the child live. And at that moment, Solomon said, you are the mother. And he handed up the mother, and everyone was amazed at the wisdom of Solomon. And so for the rest of his life, he would continue to exercise wisdom in all matters. And folks, here at the end of his life is what he had to say to us Write this down as big number two. Listen, do not chase earthly wisdom. Let's go back to the book of Ecclesiastes. Listen to what he says. He says, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. Now notice, the Lord gave him this ability of wisdom, but Solomon chased earthly wisdom. Notice it says, I applied to seek and to search out wisdom for all that is done under heaven. Not in heaven, but under heaven. Which means that he expended all of his energy, physical, mental, not on gaining more knowledge about God or heavenly things, but spent so much of his time focused on the trivial things on earth. Things that will fade, things that will pass away, things that are transient. And it's sad to say that scripture says that little by little, Solomon drifted farther and further and further away from the Lord. And in fact, next week, I want to encourage you, be back next week, because next week we're going to be looking at what exactly drew Solomon away from the Lord. But many scholars suggest that this book that we're studying right now, Ecclesiastes, is actually the repentance of Solomon at the end of his life. And so in his final writings, here is what he concluded. He said, it is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy, to be busy with. I have seen everything that's done under the sun and behold, all is vanity and striving or chasing after the wind. So here's what he said. Listen, it is pointless to spend all of our energy, listen, trying to figure things out in this world, trying to make everything perfect, because it's almost like for him, he was like chasing them when he was just chasing and he could not just grab it. And folks, here is why tr focusing on earthly things is like chasing wind. It's because he says next, what is crooked, what is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking, cannot be counted. In other words, Solomon came to the realization that even he who was the wisest man who ever lived, listen, could not figure out everything in life because the truth of the matter is that what is crooked cannot be made straight. Because of sin, everything in this world is distorted. Everything in this world is messed up. And so trying to figure things out in this world, why things happen, how to make things perfect, listen, it's a futile endeavor because sin has distorted and messed up everything in our lives. And can I be honest, listen, I think we can be guilty of the same thing because in our life, listen, we can get consumed so much on trivial things, on things that don't matter, on things that are transient and we try to, to, to make things perfect, but the reality is that it doesn't matter how hard you try to make your life perfect, it will not be that way because the truth of sin, amen?
You know, just like, you know, just recently, Camila, we bought Camila for Christmas a, a, a little kitchen set. She loves to play with that kitchen. And her grandparents bought her all that stuff to go along with it, right? They, one grandpa, grandma bought her the, the little public cart with all the food in there. Then the other one bought her uh, the pots and pans. And the other uncle bought her all the other stuff. So she's like, yeah, she's like 100 pieces, right? It's just everywhere, right? And at night, once she would go to sleep, we would then try to, to pick up all the pieces perfectly, you know, put the food back here, put the pots and pans here, put that over there, right? We would just spend all this time and effort doing that. But you know what would happen? Mm-hmm. We spent all that, all that work, and in the morning, in the morning, Camila would wake up, and Miss Camila would go, boop, and dump it everywhere, and we are back to square one. So listen, I quickly realized, listen, I'm not spending a lot of time picking this up, organized. No, no, no. I got a box. And I just dump everything in there and put it to the best of my ability because I'm not going to waste my time trying to make things perfect because at the end of the day, she's going she's gonna to ruin it. Church, isn't that what happens in our life? We spend so much energy trying to make things perfect, but listen, things will not be perfect in this world. Listen, this world is fallen, is distorted, and sin has made a mess of everything. And so what Solomon is reminding us, listen, do not waste all your energy trying to figure things out perfectly in this world and make things perfect. And here's why. Write this down as letter A and B. It's because earthly wisdom leads to frustration and to sorrow. In fact, listen to what Solomon says next. He said, and I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. And I perceive that this also is but after striving after the wind. For in much wisdom is much, is much vexation, and he who increases in knowledge increases in what? In sorrow. You see, Solomon learned that the more we try to learn and figure things out, the more you realize it'll never be enough. In fact, later on, Solomon writes again about wisdom which, by the way, this, this book is repetitive at times. You know, Solomon goes in different rants at different junctions of the same thing. So we're going to cover the, the topics in diff- and cover the different chapters. But later on, Solomon has almost like an epiphany where he and the fool are not that much different. In fact, listen to what he says in chapter 2. He says, a wise person has eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And yet, I perceive that the same event happens to all of them. Then I said in my heart, what happens to the fool will also happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? How the wise dies just like the fool. So I hated life because what is done under the sun was grievous to me. For all this vanity and striving after the wind. And so it's almost like Solomon was in his palace, kind of chilling there in his beautiful place and with all the accolades, the, 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 the diplomas, all, this, all these achievements. He looks at a fool walking by. He says, you know, I'm not much different than him. He gets happy and sad just like he gets happy, I get happy and sad. And that fool is going to die just like I'm going to die someday. 
And so what does that mean? Is Solomon saying that we should live careless lives? Of course not. Listen, I think we all want to make the best choices for our family, for our finances, for our children, right? We want to want to make the right choices. But what Solomon here is trying to communicate, right, in a very exaggerated way, is not to spend all of the energy, your mental energy, your physical energy, trying to figure out things in this world, trivial things in this world. Instead, write this down as big number three. Solomon is, is telling us, listen, chase godly wisdom. Amen. 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 And so here's how you do that. Listen, write this down, letter A. First of all, listen, we need to grow. You need to grow in your knowledge of God's truth. Now, let's leave the book of Ecclesiastes and go to another writing of Solomon in the book of Proverbs and listen to what he says there. He says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, and listen carefully, if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Amen. You see, the sad truth is that so many people do not search for God's truth like hidden treasure. Instead, some of us spend so much time on social media, right? We grab our phones and we spend so much time on social media, on TikTok, right? On Instagram, on Google. And all day we're watching pointless videos, reading pointless articles about things that truly do not matter in life. And other, some of us spend so much time pursuing things of finances, stocks, and mutual funds, and how to advance in business. Some of us spend all of our time, listen, focusing on sports. We, we, we know more sports statistics about people that do not matter, and we don't know God's word. Amen. Some of us spend so much time fashion. What's in fashion? What's coming up? What's a new trend? Some of us spend so much time in hobbies. We pick up a hobby, and it consumes your life. And so ask yourself, listen, when people look at your life, what are they seeing that you are pursuing like hidden treasure? Ask yourself, if someone was to look at my life, they look at your phone, your screen time, are you pursuing like a treasure the trivial things of this earth? Or the perfect word of God, the perfect truth of God. And perhaps a reason that you have made so many unwise choices in life is because you don't know God's word. So how can you make wise choices if you haven't bothered to really learn about God and his truth? 
And that is why I want to challenge you, especially as we start this new year, listen, to read God's Word at home. It's not enough that you come here with God's Word for 30, 40 minutes. No, you've got to every day, as much as you can throughout the week, carve out some time and read God's Word. And I pray that when far too long goes, that God convicts you of not reading His Word. Not because He's going to be mad at you. Listen, that's not how God works but rather because there's something in you that you know that in his word are the inexhaustible riches of wisdom and truth. Can I get an amen to that? But folks, here's the thing. It's not enough that we just read God's word, but then, but also write this down as letter B. Then you have to apply, apply God's truth to your daily life. In fact, listen to what God's word says in the book of James, the warning. It says, but be doers of the word and not just hearers, not just readers of God's word. Why? Therefore, by deceiving yourself. You know, the sad truth is that there are so many Christians who know God's truth, yet they make the dumbest decisions in life. Listen, it's not because they don't know God's truth. They know God's truth. But somewhere along the line, they know God's truth, but they don't apply God's truth in their daily life. And so I want to challenge you today. What is that one thing in your life right now? That one area in your life that you know you're not making wise choices. What is that one thing? Listen, you know your life. You know what's happening in your life. What is that one area in your life, listen, that you know what God's word says, but you don't apply that truth in your life? So for example, maybe some of us are here and there's a conflict in your life with someone that you care about at work and you know exactly how God wants you to handle that conflict. Don't take revenge, seek reconciliation, act in a way that honors God. But yet, yet, you know God's truth, but you continue to make unwise choices in that conflict. Some of us, there are areas in our life, in our work life, in our businesses that you know are kind of gray. They're not in the up and up. And you know what God's word says about how you should conduct business. You know what God's word says about how you should act in an honorable way, in a way that honors him. Yet, yet, you know what God's word says, yet you keep making unwise choices at work. And then you suffer the consequences. Maybe perhaps you are in a romantic relationship with someone that you know God does not approve. That is not God's will for your life. Or maybe you are still hanging out with some friends, your old buddies, you know who they are, doing things that you know are not, are not godly, and you know what God's word says and the importance of who you surround yourself with, yet, yet, listen, you still make unwise choices every Friday night, every Saturday night, and then you suffer the consequences and wonder where is God? Or maybe in your finances. Listen, the Lord has been very clear. 
He is a provider of all things. Not one cent you have does not come from God. And he has shown you how to honor him with your finances. Yet, you still dishonor him and you make unwise decisions with the money he's entrusted you. Folks, this is why God's word says, look carefully then, child of God, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Because the days are what? They're evil. Now, church, I know that there are moments that it's not clear what the wise choice is. Maybe it's a career move, perhaps it's a financial issue, maybe it's something with a child, with the health of a loved one, and right now you're watching, you're one of our campuses, and you're thinking, you know what, I'm almost anxious because there's this decision that I have to make in life, but I want to honor God, I want to make the right choice. And, and, and when you find yourself in those moments that you're anxious because you want to make the wise choice, but you don't know the answer, listen, here's what you need to do, write this down as small number one. You need to humble yourself and ask God to give you wisdom. Amen. In fact, listen to the promise we find in God's word. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, listen, do you lack wisdom right now? Are you in a situation that you need to figure out what to do, what's the wise? Listen, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person, listen, must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. See, in those decisions in life that you're seeking wisdom, that you're not able to make the wise, listen, humble yourself, and go to God. Say, Lord, what is a wise choice? I want to honor you. And he either leads you to a passage or maybe two passages that you kind of gives you some guidance. Or, or, or maybe he gives you a principle in God's word and then gives you peace as to a decision, something to do. But listen, what I've experienced in my life, and I know that many of you have, is that when you ask God for wisdom and you trust in him, listen, he is faithful every single time. Amen? Amen. To provide his wisdom. Aren't you glad that we have a God who does not leave us alone in life? And church, not only ask God for wisdom in those hard moments, but listen, write this down to small number two. It's important to surround yourself also with godly counsel. In fact, listen to what Solomon said in Proverbs 13. Where there is no guidance, no counsel, a people falls. But in the abundance of counselors, of, of wise counsel, listen, there is safety. And then later on he says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Are you, are you walking with fools? Or are you walking with wise people? You know, sometimes we think that God is absent from our lives, that he is silent because we don't hear, see an epiphany of what he wants us to do. But oftentimes we forget that he oftentimes speaks to us and counsels us, provides wisdom 
through God-fearing people in our life. And so listen, if you want to make wise choices, a critical step in your walk with the Lord is to surround yourself with God-fearing, Christ-centered people who want to glorify God in every area of their life. And you know what's going to happen? As you surround yourself with those people, they're going to pour into you. They're going to help you make those wise decisions in life. Which is, folks, why here at CF, we are so passionate about small groups. You know, if, if you're brand new, you've been joining us recently, small groups are our midweek Bible studies that we gather together in small groups of people, 5, 10, 12 people. And, and it goes from a big church to a small church, right? And folks, we come together and we study God's Word, but you know the best part about it? We connect with other people, we build our relationship, we have friends, we laugh, we encourage each other. And, and, and folks, listen, it's such a critical part of our walk with the Lord that is actually our second step in our discipleship process. You know, last week I, I, I reminded us that our mission, the reason we exist here at Christ Fellowship, is to help you and your family follow Jesus. But the question is, okay, Omar, now that I'm here, how do you help me follow Jesus? Well, we take you through a discipleship process. And it's a four-step process that we believe if you go through this process, you'll be on your way to growing in your walk with Christ. The first step is to connect to God. You know, the first thing we want you to do is to come to know Christ as Savior and come to a church service and begin to connect to God, to hear from Him, and to have a relationship with God. But once you are already connected to God, the second step, all right, is to connect to others. And the place where you connect to other believers, to other Christians, is in a small group. That's when you build friendships and you have a, sometimes friendships that last a lifetime. Why? Because it's important that we don't do our walk with Christ alone, that we have other people in our lives to help us in our journey, to go with us in our journey. And folks, once you're connected to God and to others, the third step is to connect to a ministry. You know, there are so many different ministry teams here at CF. We have uh, our kids ministry, we have our student ministry, our worship production, guest services, parking. We have all these amazing ministries. This is that we want you to exercise, put into practice everything you're learning here in the, on the weekend and in our small groups, right? You've got to put that into practice. So we want you to serve in a ministry. And then fourth, we want you to connect to the mission. You know, the idea is that we just don't come to church every day, every week, go to a small group, gather more information, grow, build friendship, but we never connect to the mission that God has given to us. You know, there has to be a moment where you have a gospel conversation outside of the walls of the church, yes. that you invite someone to come to church, yes. that you go on an outreach, that you go on a mission trip, that you do something to connect others to, to the mission of Christ so that others could come and connect to God just like you did. You see, and we believe that if you put yourself in those four environments, it's not a perfect process. But man, it's hard not to grow in your walk with Christ if you're connected to God, others, the ministry, and the mission of Christ. But today I want to challenge you. Listen, the second step, so many people come and connect to the first step, but many don't do the connect to others, to join a small group. And so today, listen, it's a perfect time if you're interested in joining a small group. It is Group Connect Weekend here at CF. 
And so if you're interested, listen, we have a group for all types of ages and stages of life. And so if you're interested in finding more information about small groups, simply scan that QR code behind me or go to CFMiami slash groups. There is a website where all the information is at. And even on your way out, you can stop at the next set booth and they can help you and, get, and, and, and take steps in finding a group. But listen, don't just come to church. But listen, get connected into a small group. Amen? Amen. And so let me end with this. You know, maybe you're here right now. And you started to come, maybe it's your first time, maybe you've been here for several weeks. And there's a genuine desire in you to make wise choices, to, to correct your life and to head down the right path. But let me tell you, apart from a relationship with Christ, you'll never make true wise choices in life. Amen. Amen. You see, Colossians chapter 1 says this, all things were created through him and for him, and in him all things hold together. And in him, in Christ, are hidden all the treasures of what? Of wisdom. You know, you can try to make wise choices apart from Christ, but at the end of the day, that's only earthly wisdom. And so if you truly want to make, get your life right, it all begins by giving your life to Christ and, and starting a personal relationship with him. You know, we're talking about wise decisions, about finding truth and then applying that truth. But listen, the greatest truth you will ever hear is the truth of the gospel. That God loves you so much. He has a plan for your life. He wants the best for you. He has the best intentions for you. But even though he loves you, listen, our sin separates us from God. No matter how hard you try, listen, our sin blocks us from having this relationship with God. So here's what God did. God sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to live a perfect life of obedience for you and for me. And then he went to the cross, and on that cross, he paid for every shameful, sinful thing you have ever done. So by simply putting your faith in what Christ has done for us, not only would we be forgiven of our sins, but have everlasting life. You see, the gospel is the greatest truth your ears will ever hear. The question is, would you then apply that truth, make the wisest decision of your life, and put your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ? See, the choice is yours. Let's bow our heads for prayer. And Lord God, we, we come before you. And for those of us who are your children, who already have a relationship with you, Father, I think we can all say just thank you, God, that you don't leave us in our life by ourselves. But Father, not only have you given us truth, but Father, you show us how to apply it in our lives. And for those of us who are here today who, who want to take that step of faith, listen, I want to lead you through a prayer in a few moments. And this prayer, I always say, it's not a, a poem, it's not a script, it's just me helping you talk to God for the first time. And so when you pray this prayer, listen, you don't pray this to me, all right? I'm just simply a man I cannot save. You pray this to the God who loves you, who gave his son for you, and who has a plan for your life, okay? So if that's you, with your heads bowed and eyes closed at all campuses and even online, pray this prayer with me. Lord, today I realize that I've been on a long journey in my life. And I've made so many unwise choices.
And the reason is, is because I don't have a relationship with you. How can I make wise choices if I'm not connected to the God of truth? And so, Lord, today I come before you and I confess all of my sin and I ask you for forgiveness of my sin today, O oh Lord. And I put my trust no longer in myself, but in you and what you have done for me at the cross. Save me, O oh Lord, today from my sin. Give me everlasting life. And Lord, as I move forward in my life, help me to make wise choices. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. And I give you all the honor and praise. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people say, amen. amen. Hey, can we encourage all of us who prayed that prayer? Yeah. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, I want to challenge you. On the way out, all right, there's a next booth. Stop by, by right there. If you know you came to know Christ, we have a Bible for you. It's going to take about a minute or so, but it gives us a chance to connect with you. And then in the few coming days and weeks, our pastors will help you take steps in your new journey with Christ. But you have to stop by the next booth before you leave. And if you're watching online, go to cfmiami.org slash connect, fill out that form, and we will do the same for you. Well, I'm going to call all the campus pastors to the front. And church, be back next week because we're going to look at our second week of what drew Solomon away from the Lord. All right, you got to be back. Love you all.